Hey, it's James from Royal Credit Union's Money Donuts podcast. We're talking about a word that scares a lot of people. It's fraud. This individual, they were bombarding that phone so much that the person got a new phone number. There was a note, a sticky note on the outside of their door saying, what is your new phone number? What? So they hired, the scammer hired someone on Craigslist to place that note there. Listen to Money Donuts on your favorite podcast platform or watch full videos at rcu.org podcast. Get geared up for the hockey season with SodaStick.com. They've got all your favorite player tees from Marc-Andre Fleury to Matt Zuccarello to Ryan Hartman giving you the bird. SodaStick.com has you covered not only in just in hockey, though. You got Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Timberwolves, whatever your Minnesota sports team is, SodaStick has you covered with the best gear available. Don't forget to toss down Bardown Beauties at checkout for 15% off at SodaStick.com. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition, like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021. James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporated, Claremont, Kentucky. I'm Jesse Pierce. I cover the Minnesota Wild for NHL.com. Uh, as well as wild.com also dabble in a little Minnesota Vikings so if you guys want to talk Vikings we can wrap it up with that happily to talk about a 10 and 2 squad uh, this is Kirsten Kroll you might see that lovely face on the big screen during home games at the arena she's out running around doing hockey doing this bar down beauties thing with me he's producer Fred he doesn't speak much so we don't let him because this is a girls run podcast so we like it Kirsten how you doing we are out here at Beautiful racks in Burnsville, courtesy of Grain Belt. Again, Grain Belt has a lot of great specials going on tonight for our Buttes Live. Be sure to check out those at the bar. Kirsten, what's going on? You know, I'm I'm excited to be here, pulled into the parking lot. Never been here before, by the way, but fantastic atmosphere. This is going to be a good time. I knew it the second we walked in. And just, yeah, excited to be here, excited to talk hockey with you, Jesse. Exactly. I had a jalapeno burger. Delightful. Highly, highly recommend. Uh, as well as, again, a nice Nordiste to wash it down. Cannot go wrong. Uh, we will also have trivia for you guys, so I hope you enjoy hockey trivia because that's what I got. Let's kick it off with that. Before we dive into contests, I want to know who knows, and we have a microphone up here for whoever wants to answer it, Kirill Kaprizov, number 97, the Wild's most electric player in history. He is on a point streak right now. How many points, or excuse me, what game number is that for his point streak? Does anybody know? 13. That is correct. A 13 game point streak. Do you know how many goals in a goal or how many games he has a goal streak for? Oh, I see somebody. Jackson. It is. It's a seven game goal streak. You're right. Don't have some confidence, man. If you want, you can come grab a sticker up here, gentlemen, for your correct answer. Kirill Kaprizov, he extends the point streak last night in Calgary, goal streak last night in Calgary, gets things started for your Minnesota Wild against Calgary. However, the win streak that Minnesota had is stopped after four games, their longest streak of the season, which is a little sad considering last year. Uh, you know, what did you make of last night's game, first of all, and you know, how do you feel about this road trip continuing on? They've got Edmonton and Vancouver up after this. Uh, you know, moving forward, I'm not worried about them. I mean, Edmonton, they've beat them once. They can definitely do it again. And then you play Vancouver. Vancouver, 
I think they've got some interesting things going on right now, which we're going to be getting into later. So Vancouver, I think they are a very beatable team. So again, the rest of this road trip, I'm not concerned about. However, what I am concerned about, their game against Calgary had the lead and then end up just collapsing, not being able to hold on to it and ending up falling 5-3. You got to keep your foot on the pedal, and I think that's absolutely what Minnesota did not do. A lot of bad penalties, untimely penalties, penalties that you could argue were not fantastic uh, either way, but that killed them. I mean, they did. That second period was atrocious for those of you that were unable to watch it. You didn't miss much. Not much good happened by way of Minnesota. Su surprise, surprise, Kirsten. I want to talk goaltending as well. Oh, man. I have okay. an issue with goaltending every year. There will always be an issue with goaltending. I don't know why. I am harsh on the goaltenders. Night in and night out. I had predicted yesterday would be a good goaltending battle. Jacob Markstrom versus Marc-Andre Fleury. I feel Marc-Andre Fleury did not perform at his best. That was a game that he could have stolen for Minnesota. Power play goals aside, um, how did you feel about the goaltending? And do you think it's a concern uh, with Marc-Andre Fleury? He's kind of had his ups and downs, obviously started the season off very, very poorly. Philip Gustafson came in, has, has done okay. But really, you're relying on Fleury to carry this team. Is he up for it now that we're into December and we've seen what he's got? I think the best way to describe Marc-Andre Fleury this season is he has been consistently inconsistent. He has games where you question, uh, you're going to hate this, Jesse, but I'm going to say it anyways, <laughs> why they got rid of Cam Talbot, kept Marc-Andre Fleury, and then you have games, too, where you see him in his prime where he's just playing out of his mind. Vintage Marc-Andre Fleury. Exactly. Yeah. So we've seen both both to the extremes this season, and I don't know what it is. I'm not necessarily concerned because, to be quite honest, I didn't have high expectations coming into the season. Um, I, I Again, I'm not concerned, but I just think it needs to tighten up. It needs to be better overall. I mean, and you can talk about the defense needing to tighten up. That seemed to be an area that had fixed itself a little bit. I think that was, you know, very poor at the beginning of the year. And you saw a couple of these close games. It looked like Minnesota's new identity might be a more defensive team. It might be back to the Jacques Lemaire squad, if you will, right, where you're winning games 2-0, 3-1, what might have you, which is definitely not as sexy as an offensive team that they were last year. Um, you know, Jonas Brodin has missed the past couple of games here. It sounds like he should be back against Edmonton, but just how apparent is it when Broads is not in the lineup? I mean, this is the second time he had missed a couple games with an illness as well, this last time uh, lower body injury. But, I mean, it's pretty evident when he is not in the pairing and how important he is to this defense. Yeah, I, no, I would agree with it. I think at this point in the season it's very evident when he's not out there. I mean, the beginning of the season might have been a little bit different of a story because he wasn't the player that we had come to know from what he had shown last year. So, Yes, now at this point in the year, it, you do notice him when he is not out there. So also, too, I'm going to bring this up because I've been – this is probably my thing. Jesse harps on goaltending. I harp on the defense, specifically Matt Dumba. So. Uh, this, I mean, you and everybody else in the state of hockey yeah, harps so I, on Matt Dumba. I guess I don't feel as bad when we put it into that perspective. <laughs> uh, another player who really just – it would almost be better if he wasn't out on the ice and – I want to bring this up. Wow. Am I like wrong? ever? Not, not ever. <laughs> but there are games where you're like, wow, we could really do without this. Am I wrong? No, I mean, yeah, carry on. Please finish. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you look online, again, the rumor mill, 
Matt Dumba allegedly going to be traded again. If you look online to the rumor mill. The rumor mill, which is usually accurate. Matt Dumba has been traded about six times in his career. He's still here. I know. He um, always finds a way to not be traded. I'm not convinced. We talked about this earlier in the season. I think he always finds a way to stay. He's not going anywhere. But the the general managers of social media would argue that his time is, is of, almost up. A lot of GMs on Twitter. You can follow Bardon Beauties on Twitter at Bardon Beauties. Pod. You can also follow Kirsten and I. I'm Jesse J E S S I underscore Pierce, uh, P I E R C E. She's Kirsten Kroll at Kirsten Kroll on the Twitter sphere. We love to have our followers. Thank you to all of you followers who did manage to make it out. You are all still my friends. Isha, I see you back there. He's in conversation as well. He came out, uh, but thank you to everybody, and hopefully we pick up a couple new ones out here. Uh, speaking of defensemen, I have another trivia question for you guys. Especially if you are Bard on Beauty's followers, this will be an easy one for you. We had a Minnesota Wild defenseman on our podcast this week. Does anybody know who it was? Jacob Middleton. Hey, you want a sticker? Come on, get us. Come on. <laughs> Jacob Middleton. Kirsten, what was the most fascinating thing you learned about Jacob Middleton in our podcast this week? I, I'm going to be honest. That interview, I loved it. He is so much fun. Such a cool dude. He, I, I don't know. I, it, you have to listen to the podcast. But I think the most interesting thing he had said was he his favorite Mighty Ducks movie was D2 and he's like yeah I'm I have nothing to do with USA hockey because he's Canadian but I also I just the reason he said that I, the backstory so I gave him a hard time because when I as you should that movie with him, was not very good right I chatted with him in the locker room about this because he was like oh Jesse you usually ask me the fun questions this particular instance it was more serious of nature so I concluded with asking him what his favorite Mighty Ducks was and he said D2 and I said no. And he said, why? And I was like, I worked with USA Hockey and I have just an affinity like against how inaccurate that was. So I feel like that's why he brought that up because he was like, well, it has nothing to do with USA Hockey for me. I just really like he wanted to spite you. He did. I mean, a lot of these players are turning that way. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I support it. I'm very it. nice to them. I support it. Very nice to them. Dean constantly on my butt about a Kevin Gore constantly on my butt. Now we're just name dropping. Let's pick those up. Yeah, Jesse Let's is Jesse's uh, just flexing out here. <laughs> uh, the biggest thing I took away from Jacob Middleton that we didn't even discuss on the podcast in the Middleton interview, whole bunch of fun because he is just the coolest dude. Quintessential hockey player, missing teeth, great mustache. You love to see it just out there having a good time. Um, is just, again, we talked about how important Broads is to the defense. Middleton has been absolutely huge. This is a guy that was last overall in his draft pick. He jokes that he was picked right before Connor McDavid, who was the first overall the following year. Um, but he has worked his way up into a solid top line pairing with the captain, Jared Spurgeon. Did you see that coming when they picked him up from San Jose last year? I mean, I don't know if anybody, I don't even think Billy saw necessarily that coming and how quickly he would really fit in to this lineup. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if anyone saw it coming, but I will say just the, the intangibles that Middleton brings to the squad, and maybe this comparison is going to be wrong. You're in the locker room around these guys more than I am. I never am. Um, but he gives off, not as outgoing, like not as like out there as Marcus Felino, but he very much gives like Marcus Felino demeanor and vibes. But I, I just think he's the coolest guy. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk to him. I would have loved to ask him about his teeth, his dogs. <laughs> there was so much left unanswered. 
So, you know, we'll have to get him back for another one, something that we could easily do. Let's move in a little bit <clears throat> to somewhat of a defense. Good transition here. You mentioned Matt Dumba. We've mentioned how Matt Dumba is constantly being traded by our Twitter GMs. Um, and this year, frankly, it looks like it could be a more realistic possibility. He's on the final year of his contract, which is a hit about $6.6 million against the cap space. Obviously, everyone knows the salary cap woes that the Minnesota Wild are facing. Now you guys are going to like this. Burnsville native Brock Besser has been rumored to be on the move. He is currently in Vancouver. Uh, they told Besser he was free to explore some options. Uh, a little bit of drama last week. Vancouver coach, former Minnesota Wild coach Bruce Boudreau, was going to healthy scratch Besser because he's off to a slow start this year. Uh, did not end up happening because they had a player end up getting sick. Besser goes in. He scores. You love to see it. Storybook. Uh, love the Besser family. Absolutely love Brock, obviously. A lot of hardship within his family. And it's been a tough go this year. But how perfect and poetic would it be for him to be able to come home, be close to family that he is so near and dear to, um, and also help the Minnesota Wild as well? I mean, I think it could really reignite, you know, not that it's always about hockey, but it would reignite his career and just his, his heart too, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so many people in Minnesota would love to see Brock Besser come back, play at the XL Energy Center in a wild sweater. Um, and I think he would love it, too. I, I think if I'm, I can't think back this far, but I feel like he had mentioned before if he had the opportunity to play in Minnesota, sure. he would absolutely love it. So I think there's so many people who would love to see that happen. I feel Bill Guerin would love to see that happen yeah. as well. Um, also, I had a lot of thoughts. I had followed along with the situation as it developed on Twitter um, when Brock Besser was going to be that healthy scratch on Hockey Fights Cancer Night, and it was quoted that it was tough love scratching him. I think that was honestly so shady. Yeah. I hate everything about that. Of all games, like you, you couldn't have just waited till the right. next game to do it, and I'm so happy Brock scored because that was pretty much like a – see, this is what I can do. I still have it. That's pretty much like a I'll show you type moment, and I'm so happy that happened. That was pretty similar. I mean, very different, but also in a kind of similar note, Riley Tufty when he was going to play his very first pro game at the XL Energy Center, and the Dallas Stars decided, no, we're going to scratch him after he had already bought so many tickets. One of the more awkward situations of my career. They pull him out. They let him speak to the media. He talks about how he waved from the children's hospital at the X, like all of these emotions. And then you find out he's not playing. And and Rick Bonus, who was coach of the Dallas Stars at the time, had to answer. He's like, I don't know As why you guys have. thought. I don't know why you guys thought he was playing. It's like, well, why would he come out and talk to us then? Like, literally, whole that, that that whole situation was also so shady, and I was so angry as I was following along with all of that. There's I mean, so much better ways those things could be handled. It's harsh, but it's a reminder. It's a business, right? And and Bill Guerin has said this before when he brought players like Nick Bukestead home for a season. You know, it's it's hard to play at home. It's it's hard to play in front of your friends. It's hard to do that because you're here to do a job and everybody forgets that. They think that you can get them tickets, autographs, do this and that, right? I mean, everybody wants to be a part of the action and, you know, that's a big challenge. Bill Guerin did that. He did that in Boston, a Massachusetts native himself. He played for the Bruins where he had to figure out how to be a professional and still be a kid at home. Uh, you know, obviously, the, you know, as romantic and, and good-hearted as it would be to have Brock Besser home, the reality is and always will be, I don't think you can afford him. I think if you, I mean, even if, if you move Matt Dumba, you have a little bit of room and that could make it work. I almost think it's an even trade. I can't remember. Brock just signed an extension in Vancouver yet again. Another big one, I think seven mil this time. 
Um, but which is the reason, though, either being a little harsh on them, understandably, too. But I don't think, again, you the next two years are cap hell, pure cap hell. There's no other way to put it. So you sign him while you still have to get Matt Boldy re-signed and figured out. You have to get some of these young kids who are doing really good things as of late also signed. So, I mean, is it worth it? Do you look at a Brock Besser? Maybe it's something that you can push and worry about in the offseason. Maybe you can pick him up as kind of almost a rental for the year. Would you rather that? What do you think you could do with Brock? Or do you even, you know, Besser aside, is it worth going out and getting a top six forward knowing what you're going to have to give up? See, that's what makes me so confused is I keep hearing Bill Guerin wants to go after a top six forward. And while I love the aggressiveness with that idea, how is Ryan that? Reeves ain't no top six forward either. No, I mean, no. I After the Ryan Reeves acquisition happened, you still heard that Bill Guerin had plans to go after a top six forward. When the Brock Besser news came out, that raised some like eyebrows like, oh, are they talking about acquiring Brock, trying to get him? I, I don't understand. I, again, love the aggressiveness, but I don't understand how this is possible. And also, I love how it keeps getting brought up, like, well, we could do this if we traded Matt Dumba. We could have kept Kevin Fiala if we traded Matt Dumba. Well, first off, we're going to squash that because you would have had to give up much more yes. than just Matt Dumba. So yes. we can get that thought out of our heads. But I don't, I don't know where Matt Dumbo would even go, like how in demand he is right, right now to be traded. What is his trade value? I mean, understandably, it's better to trade a Matt Dumbo than let him walk in the offseason because I do agree of what with that. you could do, right? Like, you would figure it out. It probably, your value diminishes the longer you don't make that move. And no doubt, Bill Guerin has kicked the tires. He's always kicking the tires. That's the thing that I love about having Bill Guerin here as the Minnesota Wild GM is not only is he fairly upfront and willing to do things that aren't going to make everybody happy, but he has such great relationships with everybody across the league. And that's because he is, he's just a good dude. It seems, I mean, every interaction I've had with him, he just seems like a genuine good guy who wants his team to be better. He wants his team to win the Stanley Cup, and that is his goal. It's not get out of the first round. It's win a Stanley Cup. He knows how to do that. Uh, but I think those relationships, it opens the doors for him to talk to anybody about anybody and having those conversations. And, you know, he mentioned when he brought Ryan Reeves here, Chris Drury, who is the GM out in New York, he's buddies with because they played together once upon a time. You know, he said, yeah, we've been talking about it for a while, but just talking, you know, like he can have those conversations, which I think is so important for any general manager, but especially in hockey, because you need to know those guys. You need to know the guys that you're getting. You need to know what's out there, what's available, what might be available down the road. Um, and, you know, and I think Bill Guerin has done a nice job being as cash strapped as he is. He has to rely on these young players and they've lucked out Minnesota. Hands down, one of the top prospect organizations right now in the league, without question, because you do have Jesper Valstead, one of our recent uh, interviewees and guests on the Bardown Beauties podcast. And Jesse promised not to be harsh on him. I will be harsh on him, probably, though. You probably I will. I probably will. When you said that, I kind of was like, that's right. Well, if he doesn't suck, then I don't have to be harsh on him. But, you know, we will see. You guys, we are going to take another quick break. Again, we are the Bardown Beauties podcast. I'm Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll. That's producer Fred. Uh, we have new episodes released about Minnesota Wild hockey, high school hockey sometimes, college hockey once in a while as well every single Monday on your favorite streaming app. We will be right back. Don't forget Grain Belt Premium Light and Nordy Specials available at the bar. Delicious food on your menu. Awesome waitresses and bartenders as well. We will be right back. All right. 
we're back in case any of you thought we left. We didn't. We're still here. We are the Bar Down Beauties podcast. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com as well as Wild.com. She's Kirsten Kroll with the in arena game staff. What do I call that? What do we call you? Like um, the face? No, I don't think I'm that important. In arena host is usually what I say. Okay. I like that. I mean, people recognize you more than me. No, I don't think that's true. That's I think not true. I have many a more people. Very popular. Jesse was at a stoplight with Kirill Kaprizov, <laughs> so that's her claim to fame. He I'm didn't even recognize me. Sid Crosby's your close personal Sid friend. Sid Crosby is my close personal friend. I don't know why I called him Sid the first time I spoke with him this year. It just came out, and I felt very uncomfortable. You go way that. back. Way back. You go way back Seven to years. when you tripped up the stairs right in front of I him. I tripped up the stairs in front of him. Thank you, Kirsten. Have you seen Mighty Ducks yet? And no, I'm just kidding. I've this seen is all what three. we do. This is what we do each and every week. We banter. We talk hockey. We have a general good time asking you guys trivia. Uh, we have a Buttes Live every single month at different locations, courtesy of our friends at Grain Belt. Don't forget, you can get some Grain Belt specials on Premium Light and Nordeast all evening long. Don't forget to also check out the delicious menu here at Racks in Burnsville. Let's talk about scoring. We talked about defense. We talked about my disdain for goaltending most of the time. It'll never go away. I'm sorry. I don't think. Uh, never go you're away. You're set in your ways. Nothing's changing. We talked about Kirill Kaprizov also. Extending his goal streak to seven games. He is in his regular zone. Absolutely phenomenal. More importantly, and we talk about this in this week's episode, but secondary scoring has really turned up. Mason Shaw gets that second goal right away after Kirill scores yesterday in that first period against Calgary. Still a 5-3 loss, still not enough secondary scoring naturally, but it's nice to see guys like Shaw, like Dewar, like, um, you know, who else am I thinking? Uh, Duhame when he's back, starting to, to produce a little more because Jewel Eric's neck to me, while it is secondary scoring, I expect that of him, especially As after the year, right? Yeah, your number one center. Tell me about your number one center. Again, so I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was because I just have a high expectation of him because of what I saw from him last season and how at the beginning of the year he was not nearly producing as much as you would expect Jules Eriksson to. But in the scenarios with the team, all of the juggling of the lines, I don't know, I just felt like he deserved a bigger opportunity. And now I think he is showing glimmers of what we have known him to be and uh, is kind of getting back into that groove. So I expect nothing but great things from Jewel Eriksson moving forward this season. I mean, it can't go unmentioned or unnoticed. The grief line reunites. Injuries had kept them apart. Everyone loved them. I mean, last year, Dean Epson had called that 100% this Minnesota Wild team's identity line, and they were. They go up against the top line night in and night out. They were a big reason that Connor McDavid and Leander Seidel got the L here in St. Paul just last week. Um, I mean, just how great is it to see that connection still there? It's a big line, but they also can do a lot as well. I mean, as far as moving the puck and stopping the puck, it's a very two-way hockey playing line. I mean, to be quite honest, I think it is the only solidified line that you can come to expect night in, night out, that you're going to be getting something out of. Um, I will say, I did like Ryan Reeves with Jewel Eriksson and Marcus Foligno as well. And like we had mentioned, poetic justice, Ryan Reeves and Marcus Foligno <laughs> on the same line together after the infamous fighting picture that I'm, I hope all of you have seen. If you haven't seen it, please Ryan look Reeves it up. was very close to making a t-shirt of it, just so you know. And he should still do it. I, I think, think he, he should. should still do it. Yeah. Um, 
but having the grief line back together, there are certain expectations with that line, but the thing with those expectations is they deliver 95% of the time. This is so true. And, I mean, you're going to need that. Again, I will say it until I am blue in the face, which I probably have already said it enough, but the problem is and was not, please write this down, the fact that they're missing Kevin Fiala. That is part of the problem. Yes, I will not say that. And the narrative thus the Twitter far. DM, the Twitter general managers would like a word with yeah, you. Yeah, I get it. It's 85 points. A lot of points. And Kevin Fiala is an electric player. He is a special skilled player, right? But you didn't just have a Kevin Fiala producing last year. You had a Marcus Foligno, a Jordan Greenway, a Jewel Erickson Eck. You had all of these players having career years. A Ryan Hartman, who we have not had a in Ryan the lineup. Hartman, who you have not had in the lineup. I mean, exactly. Like, And you're not getting that. So that's why getting the secondary scoring going is huge. It's been helpful to see, again, I want to wash away the Calgary game a little bit. Uh, you know, I think Edmonton will be another good challenge because it's uh, in oil country there. We'll see what happens. Let's shift over a little bit, Kirsten, to the NHL as a whole. Jason Robertson's streak finally broken. Again, we talk what? Yes. Okay, I don't even want to talk about Jason Robertson at Why? this moment because right now I'm thinking of Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. Can we talk yes. about Tage Thompson? Five goals last night. Four in the first period. Four in the first period. It was so embarrassing for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just, and I'm sitting there just jaw-dropped, grinning. Like, I was here for the drama. How much do you think Johnny Gaudreau goes home and cries himself to sleep each night for leaving Calgary and going to Columbus? I Can mean, you even remember after, that happened? He's there, and they're not doing anything. After last night's game, I would probably be in a week-long depression. Yeah. That was yeah. embarrassing. Mental institution. For sure. Probably. 9-3, I think, And also the from score. the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. yeah, But also, they've turned it around a little bit. Mm -hmm. They have. I love me, so correct me if I'm wrong, and again, the older generation, I think, differs in this opinion because you had, for years and years, Jacques Lemire at the helm, and he's known for the trap defense and, and not letting teams score goals, which is great. Defense wins championships, right? Offense sells tickets, defense wins games. That's fantastic. And I believe it. I'm a fan of defense. I played defense in all the sports that I uh, when I was highly athletic back in the day. Very elite skills in everything I did. Uh, <laughs> but I like goal scoring. Like, give me a 9-8 to eight game like you saw the other night with Seattle and LA, right? Like, I don't want any. I'm done with like 3-1 games. If you're not scoring six goals a night, I don't want it. You know, I feel like I kind of disagree with you here. Oh. Like, let's let's keep it maybe like 5-4. Like, 5-4 games. Do not give me a 9-8 game. That's even, you know what? Fun, fun fact. I'm going to squash, debunk this theory. Higher scoring games are actually easier to write sometimes. Really? Because I can just be like, so-and-so scored. And then a minute later, so-and-so scored. And then like, do you later. have a quota you have to hit with word? Like oh, word I count? Have a word count. Oh yeah. Oh, so that's why it's easier for you. A little then. bit easier. Which makes sense. Easier. And it's not boring. I get so bored in that press box. It is freezing in the XL Energy press box as well. I get bored on my little stage. Yeah. Like my little yeah. section 123, I get bored just standing there. Um, but I don't know. I still like give me like something in the middle. I do not want to see nine goals scored followed by eight goals from the other team as well because that means your goaltending sucks as well as your defense. Like your offense might be clicking on all cylinders, but I, I need to see more than just that. That's true. Speaking of stingy defense and stingy goaltending, another trivia question for you guys. How many shutouts has the Minnesota Wild has the, have this year? How many shutouts have the Minnesota Wild? 
accomplished this year, meaning they did not allow a single goal against the opposing team. I'll give you a hint, it's below 10. <laughs> I feel there's some people thinking about it. Think about it, chew on it. I think that corner in the back right, they, that table of guys, they're thinking about it. Yep. Shutouts. We got a lot of Jackson threes. Jackson is holding up three. We Miss have a one. Kelly. Kelly is correct. There Kelly. has only been one shutout for the Minnesota Wild this year. Mark andre Fleury shutting out the opposition. Not great. Again, not great. You like to see that number increased, obviously. Um, but Kelly, come and uh, come and grab a bar if you want, or a sticker if you want. I don't know. I said bar. I saw there was a bar sticker. But uh, again, goes back to my theme of goaltending being very mediocre. Would you have okay? Because this continues to kind of be brought up. Cam Talbot is now that he's back from injury is doing well in Ottawa. Can't can't disagree with that. Do you still disagree with Cam Talbot going to Ottawa in exchange for Philip Gustafson? Did you disagree? I guess this was. I disagreed from the very beginning, and I think I still disagree with it. I just all around wish that situation was handled better. I think Cam. The way he played during the regular season in the tandem with Flurry, I think he proved he deserved a chance in the playoffs. I would have liked to see him at least play a game. And I think that's what left such a bitter taste in his mouth was he didn't even get the opportunity. And, you know, honestly, that would make me mad as well. And I think there was a lot more extracurriculars in place that maybe upset the Wild staff. I, I'm just pulling this out of thin air. I don't have any confirmation. But, I mean, when your wife starts tweeting things about not agreeing with... Stay off Twitter after some glasses of wine. Uh, a word of the wise. I mean, as they should. I, I can't act like I'm better than them because I've done the same thing before. But I just, I wish that situation would have been handled better because I would have loved to see Talbot and Flurry as the most, one of the most dynamic goaltending tandems in the league again this season. Wins are not a goalie stat, and I think that is what everyone tends to forget. They see that Cam Talbot had wins, and they think that he is this phenomenal goaltender. Wins Would are you not rather a have goalie stat. Wins are not. Do you believe in hey, him in the back of the net when Flurry's not Gustafson playing? has done just fine. He's done okay. He's done fine. So that was no, Cam Talbot all last year. Cam Talbot was okay. No, he Cam was Talbot fine. was good. He stole one Gustafson game. He stole one game against okay. Calgary. That was it. I just realized that Cam Talbot is not on our team anymore. We can. Thank we can God. acknowledge that. not on that. our team anymore. Thank God. But right now we're talking hypothetically. The question yeah. was hypothetical. It was. I don't miss him. I do. No. Well, that's agree. the difference. Agree. But I say disagree. take Jesse's goaltending takes with a grain of salt. No, take them all. I said Kapokakna would be traded, and it happened. So watch I mean, what I say. Listen to what I say. <laughs> Heed my advice. Okay. <laughs> Again, you guys, we are the bar down beauties. I'm Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll. He's producer Fred. Slinging you hockey hot takes each and every Monday. New episodes uh, on YouTube and your favorite podcasting app. Let's do another trivia question, shall we? Sounds good. And also, I'd just like to say, if you like that goaltending conversation, that's every week. It's every so. week. I have a new take on goaltending every week. Hot Usually takes. it's that it's bad. Never, yeah. I'm never satisfied with the goaltending. No, never. Happens. Who is the plus-minus leader for your Minnesota Wild this season? He's a defenseman. I will give you that. I was going to say, I can tell you who it's not. It's not Kirill Kaprizov. Not Matt Dumba. <laughs> not. 
And I don't think that was even an option. Yeah, it was not, but he's a defenseman. Not golly. He hasn't played enough. Yeah. Anybody? Defenseman with the highest plus minus. Heather? Got anything? I heard Middleton. Middleton is second with a plus four. Spurgeon, it is Jared Spurgeon, your captain, Jared Spurgeon, plus 12 this year, which considering Middleton is a plus four, pretty tremendous. You know, Kirsten, that leads into a great segue here for us. Um, Spurgeon, really, not that he's ever performed poorly, right? Like, he's always kind of a good constant. Same with Brodine. Very good, constant, steady blue liners. But lately, and yes, you can go back to the game the other night where he makes an amazing stick save and stops a breakaway. Pretty darn good. Spurgeon's really stepped up his play. And do you think it's partially because now that he's in year two of wearing that C, he's feeling more confident, comfortable? Or do you, I mean, do you think it's just he's continuing to do the same thing night in and night out and he's just finally getting rewarded with it? Um, I think that plays a factor in it, but I definitely think he's gained more confidence too. I think he's probably gotten a lot more comfortable using his voice around this team. Like really, I think part of it maybe is believing that you deserve to be where you're at. Like you, you were given the C for a reason. Like you can lead this squad. And I think maybe not so much the problem was that people believed in him, but that he didn't believe in himself. And so that sounds, sounds like, like a PBS special. It does. <laughs> but I think it's true. I think, like, we are seeing him come into his own this year. I think his confidence, as far as just even, like, a leadership standpoint and really probably feeling like he needs to corral this team a little bit, maybe lead by example, is playing a factor into it as well. I mean, I think that's one thing that makes Dean Ebsen so successful is that he lets those leaders lead. A lot of times when they do have a piss-poor period, alliteration, uh, <laughs> he lets Spurgeon take the lead. He lets Moose take the lead. He lets dump, you know, whomever it might be that wants to have a voice. He doesn't go in and ream them. He lets the other players hold each other accountable, which is so important and which is something that, yes, we can go back to last year's discussion of culture, It, but it is different, and it is incredibly important as well. So I think having guys like Spurge, having a coach like Dean allow for that is is incredibly important. So now, Kirsten, that we are here in December, they're on this four-game road trip. Uh, they are above 500 as of right now, just barely. How do you feel about the team? I think both of us coming into this year at the preseason said the Minnesota Wild are going to be a bubble team. Do you feel differently or about the same? No, I still feel the same. I still think they're going to be a bubble team. Um, but I think I'm pleasantly surprised with where they're currently sitting. I think Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's third in the Central Division. Yep. yep. Um, just under Winnipeg leading the Central and Dallas. So I'm, I'm a little surprised because with how they started off the season, I was losing faith. But seeing them pick it up and win games that we thought that they couldn't, like, example, the Carolina Hurricanes game, for example, they pushed into overtime mm-hmm. and ended up winning. I think this team is just gritty, and I think the young guys coming up from the Iowa Wild, such as Mason Shaw, like, they've really made an impact. And so I think that they're just a gritty team that's going to find a team, to, oh, find a way to win, and I still think they're going to find their way into the playoffs as well. And personally, I think that that's a big reason that they had the start they did, is that they were trying so hard to be the team they were last year. Everyone wanted them to be this team that they were last year with constant goal scoring, 113 points to end the regular season. 
that's not them. It's just not who they are. A lot of those players, even as well as they might have performed last year, are blue-collar players. They are bring-your-lunch-pail-to-work type of players. Ryan Hartman is the epitome of that, right? I mean, here's a guy that goes and lights it up last year, and injury aside, I think it would have been irresponsible almost to expect him to replicate that. The only guys that you can say, hey, do better, is Kirill Kaprizov. Matt Zuccarello, maybe, but mostly Kirill Kaprizov. And he's doing that. Kirill Kaprizov, mm -hmm. night in and night out. I think what makes him such a special player, and people might not see this as much, he is the first player on the ice. He is the last player off the ice. He is always out there helping his teammates get better, too. So not only is he a guy that has this phenomenal, unreal skill set with the edge work and the goals that mislead every single goaltender, he works his ass off, too, and forces everybody else to work their butt off, too, because if you're a young guy in that locker room looking at Kirill Kaprizov across the stall and seeing that he's out there working, that's going to force you to work. So, I mean, I think that influence, too, is going to help this Minnesota Wild team get to some sort of success. Now, back to the long-labored point, they're still a bubble team. Still a bubble team. Um, but I don't I, – I think this is probably one of – and maybe this is Minnesota optimism coming out. Maybe this is one of the last years after we get out of cap hell that we can really say that. Like, I think that they're really – once they get out of their awful cap situation that they are in, I really see them being a true contender because with Bill Guerin we trust. I think he – the thing with Bill Guerin, he's not complacent. That's following up on our conversation earlier, and I love that. Even when his back's against the wall financially, he's still making moves. And again, I reiterate, those moves to get rid of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter are why you saw the team that you did last year and why you're going to continue to see more success. That's not necessarily to say anything negative about those players, but it needed to be done. There needed to be a changing of the tide. And I celebrated with everybody else that 4th of July in 2013 when it was signed. Thought 13 years was amazing. I get it. But the parting of ways needed to happen. And Bill Guerin's the guy that needed to do it. A fellow USA hockey guy made the right move. A tough move, a tough call, especially knowing that salary cap hell he would be in. Uh, we are going to take a very brief break. When we come back, let's talk some beer, Kirsten. Ooh. We'll be right back. All right, you guys, we are back. And then we will get out of your hair, out of your ears, unless you want to subscribe to us over on YouTube and Spotify and Apple. Bard on Beauty's podcast, hockey talk each and every week. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com and Wild.com. She's Kirsten Kroll, the face of the Minnesota Wild. I'm going with it. I'm just going with it. I mean, if you want to boost my ego like that, yeah. please feel free. Forget Nordy. Way better than Nordy. All right. And with us... Joe Beer, because I like Joe Beer as well. That's what I'm going to call you as well. Joe it's a Beer. a lot, lot easier than my last name. So. It is. Who just showed us a gruesome adult <laughs> hockey injury. Joe, tell us about your prowess. Uh, I hear prowess. you're a cherry picker, God. but that injury would suggest otherwise, possibly. <laughs> I Yeah, I got kneed by a, by a guy that didn't like me going around him. So. Was he a Hill Murray guy in your, you know? Uh, no, he went, he was, he's a Harvard guy. Oh, Played at Harvard, him and his brother, and uh, he just doesn't didn't lose the competitive edge, I guess. And I uh, tried to go around him and cut through the middle of the slot and stuck his knee out, and I've just started walking straight again. For my knee was my my thigh and everything's purple for three weeks. Well, it allowed <laughs> you to probably sit at home and enjoy some more grain belts, oh, more yeah. shells. What do we got on tap this month? Uh, in particular, especially holiday season. Nord Northeast. It's, the seasons mm. change. It's time yes. to get 
little bit darker in the beer, and we, uh, yeah, it's we're going into year. Let's see, 2010, we we launched Northeast. What is it? 20. Oh my gosh, 13 years. 13 years this year that we've done Northeast. I've been out of college for 13 years. Remarkable. That's <laughs> longer than that too. <laughs> I think Taylor Swift released her second album when I was 13. Please mute her mic. Uh, anyway, Joe Nordy. Oh no 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 Swifty hate. I'm just saying. I like him a lot. I do. That new album rules. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is. It's He's good. Continuing to win brownie points. It goes well with a glass of Nordeast. I'm it, sure. I, uh, I've I have definitely had plenty. I, I had a problem trying to buy the vinyl. I was like, well, which one do I get? Because there's four different colors. I went with the mahogany. If you're wondering, I, so I was. Good choice. Midnight's, yes. Yeah, midnight's spinning at my at my house and baking cookies and drinking Nordeast. Confirmed. <laughs> right. Midnight's you know pairs well with Nordeast. Not even like literally none of that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> like literally every night, that's yeah. what Joe's doing over there. I love it. <laughs> it's exciting. It's crazy. It is exciting. Again, you guys can get Nordeast on special here at Racks in Burnsville tonight, along with Premium Light Special. 16-ounce pints on each of those, four twenty-five a pop. Uh, go enjoy it. Nordeast is one of my favorites. I love it. It's just good. Too. It's so good. I, and I don't even like, like, usually I'm a McGolden drinker, right? But, God, Nordeast is good. I it's, know one person over there who's drinking Nordeast. He, he toasted his glass to you when you brought it up. Well, cheers, pros. There you go. There's another one. Producer Fred's got it, too. Yeah. We, uh, Producer I drink Fred so doesn't do many things right, but that's one. So that's a good one. I, that, that was... <laughs> I don't think that comment resonated well, producer Fred. No. <laughs> oh, so much hate. So much hate. Well, you guys, again, the perfect gift for that person in your life, friend, family, foe, whatever it may be, a nice pack of Nordeast, I would say, or any of the green belt uh, options, a lot of them to choose from. You love to see it. Again, Green Belt presenting this Buttes Live, which we have each month at a different location. We have our next one in just a couple weeks, location to be announced in time. So follow us over on Bar Down Beauty's podcast. Again, thank you to everybody for coming out. Thank you to those for sticking around and listening to us. Even if you chose not to, we're still here. So we appreciate you the most. Uh, <laughs> and as always, you can find us on Spotify and on YouTube. Don't forget to get yourself a beer special. Order some delicious food here at Racks and uh, subscribe to the Bar Down Beauties podcast when you have a chance. Have a great rest of your night. Hey, and guys, go Vikings.